Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. How many of you just uh, love a good storm? There's something about it, like you're in your home, and just that rain and that thunder, you just sleep better. Uh, there's an energy to it. You just love it. Uh, for some of us, it just feels so good when we're in our safe and secure place to just have that storm around us. Uh, a little bit like Eddie Rabbit. Uh, some of you might be familiar with the song. If not, listen to it on your way home. He says, I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. Uh, you know what makes me feel good. And that is it for a lot of us. You know, when there's a storm going on around us and we're safe and secure in our homes, it just feels so good. But you take that exact same storm and you change your location. How about you're on the highway with very limited visibility driving on bald tires, right? All of a sudden, uh, it doesn't feel nearly as good anymore. Or even worse, take it up a notch. You're outside. You're in the elements with no shelter in sight. That exact same storm but the circumstances have changed. You don't feel nearly as good about it anymore. Uh, you want to take it to a whole nother level, uh, leave Pennsylvania and go to somewhere in the red zone. Uh, 2020 uh, was a weird year, right? Um, in many ways. Oklahoma in 2020 uh, took the number one state for uh, lightning strikes per square mile. Uh, 21, things returned to normal. Florida took that title back where it should be. Uh, but, you know, if you're in Florida and there's a storm coming, it just feels different than living here. Uh, when my wife and I would be out on Siesta Key Beach, beautiful beach, but a deep beach, you know, it was a like 10 to 15 minute walk to get to shelter and you saw a storm. Uh, there was no saying, oh, hey, I think that's going to pass us to the north or to the south. You just started to move back. And certain things, you know, that I would do or that you might do here, uh, like in the midst of a storm, sure, I'll run out and get the mail. Sure, I'll do this. In Florida, it was like, no, no, no. All those things can wait uh, because like the lightning level was just so incredibly different. And there's things about the storms, you know, around us that can create that tension, that can create that stress. And in storms, there's things that you do and there's things that you don't do. And we're in week two of our series, Brave. And we're talking about taking a step in trembling confidence. And we're dealing with that tension, you know, that for many of us, we're risk adverse, but you know, we understand that we can be secure in our faith, but faith isn't about security. Faith isn't about staying comfortable. Uh, faith is stretching and Jesus asked him to follow him. Sometimes do some things that just so take us outside of our comfort zones. And if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to just grab our podcast uh, on your commute, uh, doing your yard work, because it's sort of the foundation for where we're going with this entire series. Because we believe that often God, that Jesus asks us to leave our comfort zone as we follow him. 
And part of being brave is how we handle the storms in life. Do you just like curl up in a ball and hide whenever the storms of life come? Uh, Do you try to, you know, avoid the storms at all cost? Uh, Do you alter your course? Do you alter your direction of your life whenever storms start to come your way because you don't want to deal with those kind of storms? Or do you face storms with trembling confidence as you follow Jesus? I mean, the reality of life is that storms happen. Good luck finding, good luck finding anyone with some mileage on them that says, yeah, life's just been smooth sailing. It's just been easy peasy. There's been no storms in my life. No relational problems, no financial crisis. There's been no work situations. There's been no adversity. There's been no loss. There's been no challenges. There's never been a time where things didn't go as I expected. There's never been a death of a dream. See, storms happen as we go through life. And the storms of life, they can change us. For, for some people, storms make them better. For other people, the storms of life make them bitter. For some people, storms make them stronger. For others, storms make them grow weaker. In the midst of storms, some people fight on and other people just give up. In the midst of the storms of life, some people grow in their faith and other people just walk away from their faith. Don't you and I want to be people that grow stronger, that we get better as we deal and we walk through the storms of life as we follow Jesus? And beyond that, don't we want to be the kind of people that when the people around us, friends, family members, are going through storms in life that we can provide those words of direction and wisdom that help them navigate and get through the storm and come out on the other side better and stronger and even more secure in their faith and their trust in God. Here are some things that we know but that we don't necessarily like about the storms of life. God is far more concerned with your obedience than your success. In the storms of life, God is far more concerned about your character than your comfort. And we get that, and we hear that, and we know that, but we certainly don't like that. And then here's the promise. Here's the promise of what God will do for you in the midst of the storm, what Jesus does with us in the midst of the storms of our lives. He meets us there. He he meets us in the storm and he takes us to places we never imagined that we would go. And man, he transforms and builds us into people that we never knew that we could be. He makes us brave as we deal with the storms of life. And last week we left Peter in the midst of the storm. He was just about to take that step in trembling confidence. He was getting out of the boat as he followed Jesus. And We left off right in verse 28. Then Peter called to Jesus, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. And if if you can just get outside the fact that you know this story, you'd have to be thinking, man, this guy is crazy. Because let's be real. Let's be honest with ourselves. In that moment, that request might not line up with our request because if, it was, if we were Peter, if we were in the boat, if we were in that moment, what might our request be? Jesus, save us. Jesus, calm the storm. 
But Peter's request, man, it's dramatically different. Tell me, command me to come to you. We, we might not think that's the wisest request that Peter has. But Peter is so wise in that he doesn't assume. He doesn't assume that Jesus' purpose in the midst of the storm is to save them. He doesn't assume that Jesus with them in the midst of the storm is to make them more comfortable. He doesn't assume that Jesus' presence in the midst of the storm is just to simply calm the storm, to change their circumstances. And he doesn't assume that just because Jesus can walk on water that he can too. But Peter's brave. Peter is brave enough to make the big ask in the middle of a storm. Incredibly long day, tired, exhausted, just beaten up by the winds and the waves. And Peter asked to go for a walk on the water in the midst of a storm. Right? And that just by itself, man, that should just like blow our minds to have that kind of brave, that kind of confidence, that kind of boldness and audacity to ask something like that. And see, Matthew is telling us this story, man. Matthew is like sounding the alarm. It's like saying, guys, pay attention. Remember that there is so much more to a life of faith, a life of following Jesus than just being safe and comfortable. There's so much more to your spiritual life, to following Jesus, than just avoiding failure and risk. Matthew's saying, hey, come on, you're made for so much more. God designed you for so much more in the adventure of following him. So how, how do you do that? How are you brave in the midst of a storm? How do you make a big ask? What does that even look like for any of us? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Your marriage is a mess. I mean, it is like just holding on by a thread. That storm, it has been a brewing for far too long. And in the midst of that storm, in the midst of that mess, Jesus meets you. He's in the storm. And you don't simply pray, Jesus, make him or her love me again. Man, you make the big ask in the midst of the storm. Jesus, I, I, make me into the best husband, the best wife that I can possibly be. Grow me, stretch me. That's a big ask. Your financial situation was tough. Basically living paycheck by paycheck, just trying to get by. And then inflation, not seen in like decades, comes rolling in. And the financial crisis, man, it is so much worse than it was just a few years ago. And Jesus meets you in the midst of that financial storm. And you don't just pray, Jesus, help me pay the bills, keep the lights on. You make the big ask. Jesus, man, just continue to provide on me and, and tell me to manage my money in such a way that I can be generous with those around me. I mean, that's a big ask in the midst of a storm. You've been on 
that journey as you grow and as you follow Jesus and you've just become self-aware. That man, for so long, life has been all about like you, you, you. What you think, what you want, what you believe is best. And you've been on that journey with Jesus and that self-awareness happens and you realize it just doesn't line up. It doesn't line up with the life that Jesus modeled. It doesn't line up with what Jesus taught. It doesn't line up with Jesus commanded and how he told us to live our lives. And you don't simply say, hey, Jesus, give me an opportunity to help someone else. You make that big, bold ask in the midst of that identity storm. And you have the audacity to pray, Jesus, make me less and less so that you can be more and more. I want other people to see Jesus in me. You see, when Jesus meets you in the midst of the storm, you can make the big ass. You don't wait for the storm to pass by for things to calm down again. And Jesus honors Peter's request. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. P- Peter's obedient. Imagine if Peter just said, I'm just kidding, Jesus. Uh, really, I'm okay right here in the boat. Never mind, right? Peter is obedient. And he takes that first step. He doesn't say, hey, Jesus, before I get out of the boat, I need the game plan. Um, once I'm out here walking on water with you, are we like walking back to shore uh, is like this storm going to stop? Uh, this whole like walking on water thing, is this going to be like for the rest of my life because it's pretty cool? I think I'd like that. You know, he doesn't ask for the second, third, you know, 100th step. Peter in obedience takes that first step in trembling confidence. And he takes that step as he follows Jesus. Not based on who Peter is and what he can do, but on who Jesus is and all that Jesus has done. And isn't it true that that first step, that first step is always the hardest. When Jesus calls you to step out, to risk faith, to get out of your comfort zone, that first step is always the hardest. And can you, in the midst of a storm, be intentional Can you initiate like Peter did and make that big ask? But then when Jesus invites you to take that step, will you take that first step in trembling confidence? Because come on, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And it's that simple, but it's also that difficult. Have any of of you uh, played the games on the Oculus? You know what I'm talking about, virtual reality. How many of you have played on an Oculus? Pastor Jeff owns one, spend time with him, right? This past Christmas, I was with uh, my niece, Ella. She's 11 years old, and she got an Oculus for Christmas. And it's just sort of fun, like, you know, you walk into a room, and there's somebody, you know, like, doing all these kind of, you know, motions with their headset on. She's playing it all the time, and a few days pass, and then I'm invited. Hey, Doug, do you want to try out my Oculus? I'm like, oh, come on, sure. 
And I walk into the living room, and like, like half the family's there. And on the floor is this plank. And we're going to play this game, walk the plank, with the VR headset on. And we're playing the game, walk the plank, in nightmare mode, right? So again, there's an elevator, there's spiders crawling all over me, yeah, yeah, whatever, right? But then all of a sudden, the doors to the elevator close, and we start to shoot up this skyscraper. And you can see you're getting higher, 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 and the door's open, and then all there is is this plank that's walking out, and you're supposed to answer the phone that's ringing. And my stomach drops out, and my legs start to tremble, and there's a, there's a logic piece that's trying to kick in. Doug, if you just closed your eyes, you would remember that you are three quarters of an inch off the floor, <laughs> right? But that would be like the wimpy way out. And so I start taking these steps and trembling confidence, and it's amazing that I know what reality is. I know reality. But what I'm seeing, what I'm experiencing is so incredibly different. I'm shaking as I make my way out and answer the phone. And isn't that the way it is for so many of us? In the midst of the storm, we know the reality. We know that Jesus is with us, that he hasn't forsaken us. We know that Jesus is stronger and greater than the storm that we're facing. We know that in the midst of the storm that Jesus is going to grow us and stretch us in ways we'd never grow any other way. But the winds and the waves of the storms of life around us, the fear, it just sinks in and we start to tremble and we forget that Jesus is with us in the storm and he's stronger in the storm and we lose sight of Jesus in the storms of life. And that's what happened to Peter. But when Peter, when Peter saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. And here it is. Come on, this is getting real for many of us. Here it is. This is why many of us will never take those first steps in trembling confidence and get out of our comfort zone and risk faith for Jesus. Because we remember that Peter began to sink. That Peter failed. That Peter was terrified by the storm. And then we think to ourselves, you know, my, my boat might be a rocking, but my boat is still floating. I think I'll just hang out in my boat and just wait for the storm to pass. It just begs the question, why is it for so many of us, this is the part of the story that we focus on? Peter sinking, Peter failing, Peter needing help. Come on, that's the mindset. That's the mindset that holds so many of us back from taking that next step of faith and trembling confidence as we follow 
Jesus. We focus so much more on the sinking part of the story than we ever do on the walking on water part of the story. And it simply holds us back, this fear of failure, like it's going to be the end of the world if things don't go the way we want them to go. What will other people think? What will other people say? Let me just give you a little bit of perspective. Let's do a little bit of perspective. You're going to answer these questions in your own mind. Which of these two statements do you think were part of repeated conversations? In the days, weeks, months, years, decades following this story, what kind of conversations happened around Peter? Peter, I can't believe that you sank. Tell me what it was like. Or you think people were saying, Peter, I can't believe you walked on water. Tell me what it was like. Everybody knows what it's like to sink. Nobody's asking that question. Perspective, let me ask it a different way. Second question. Do you think, do you think Peter's experience of walking on water and then sinking made him stronger in his faith or weaker in his faith? Him walking on water taking a step in trembling confidence and then sinking and needing rescued? Did he grow in grit, endurance, perseverance, in faith, in confidence? Or did he get weaker in his faith? No one. No one believes that Peter's faith would have been made stronger if he had just kept his mouth shut and his butt in the boat. Do you need to hear that again? No one, no one thinks that Peter's faith would have been made stronger if he had just kept his mouth shut and his butt in the boat. But isn't that so often how we live our lives? Come on, some of us, we live with such a fear of failure, so much that we'll do anything to avoid it. Never taking any risk, never doing anything or asking God to do anything that would stretch us too far outside of our comfort zones. Doing whatever it takes to succeed at all costs, feeling like failure is the absolute worst thing. You want to live a safe and comfortable life. Come on, I so get it. It's, it's natural to want to live a safe and comfortable life. What's the problem? What do I need to remind myself? What do you need to remind yourself? Jesus never asked you to live a safe and comfortable life as you follow him. Eileen says this. Eileen's a little harsh, but she says this. She says, you can live on bland food so as to avoid an ulcer. You can drink no tea, coffee, or other stimulants in the name of health. You can go to bed early. You can stay away from nightlife. You can stay off the freeway. You can avoid all controversial subjects so to never give or take offense. You can mind your own business, avoid involvement in other people's problems. You can spend money only on necessities and save all you can. You can do everything the safe way and still you can break your neck in the bathtub and it will serve you right. Harsh, right? But the true, 
We often avoid the difficult. We often avoid the storms of life because of our fear of failing in the midst of the storm. What will other people think? What will people say? What our focus should be, what will God think? What will God say? God who is far more concerned with our obedience than our success. The key, key to overcoming the fear of failure isn't success. It's failure in small enough doses that you build up an immunity to fear. It's better to risk faith and fail than to play it safe and succeed. God's interested in your obedience, not your success. God wants you to take those steps in trembling confidence as you follow him, regardless of the outcomes. Go back to 2019. It can feel like so long ago, right? 2019, for those of you that were part of our church, you remember a big ask that came our way. A bishop, our conference, approached us, and they asked us to take on the Maytown campus. And his board was praying and processing and just thinking all that through. The easy, the safe, the comfortable, the secure decision would simply to have been to say no. There's no risk in that. That's the easiest, the safe thing. But I love as the board prayed and processed. And here's a summary statement I thought just summed it up so well. We only fail if we don't try. Do you believe that we only fail if we don't try? If we're always playing it safe, we only fail if we don't try. Franklin Roosevelt believed that. I love how he said it. He said, no one ever stubs his, his, no one ever stubs his or her toe while standing still. It's common sense to take a method and try it. If it fails, admit it frankly. But above all, try something. Failing to try because of a desire to be secure results in inaction and failure to lead. Guess what? Peter did not succeed as a long-term water walker. But his failure didn't hold him back from continuing to follow Jesus in steps of trembling confidence. Peter's failure only made him stronger. It deepened his trust in Jesus. Because he realized that Jesus will always rescue in the midst of storms. It enabled Peter to continue to lead. The church as it grew and developed and spread from country to country. You see, being brave isn't just about gritting your way through the storm. Being brave is trusting Jesus more than the waves crashing around your boat. Being brave is willing to ask Jesus or others for help when you're sinking. That's what happens. Peter yells out, save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Don't miss this. You can make the big, bold ask in the midst of the storm. And you can follow Jesus and 
steps of trembling confidence. And you can still end up sinking. And it's okay. Because Jesus rescues. It doesn't always look like the rescue that we want. But Jesus rescues in the midst of the storm when we are going down. Storms of life don't last forever. They're there for a time. They're there for a season. They serve a purpose. Let's finish up the story. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. And do you get this? It's natural. When the storms have passed, and you realize that Jesus has been with you throughout the storm, it's only natural to worship, to grow in adoration, to grow in love with your heavenly Father. A couple things to remember you can learn from this story. If you want to take a step in trembling confidence, you have to expect problems. Again and again, that's what we see modeled throughout people who followed God, who followed Jesus. It wasn't smooth selling. Fear is a part of the process. That's why we have to be told again and again as throughout Scripture, fear not, do not be afraid. It's always said when someone is afraid. It's always said when someone is trembling. Obedience is required. Failure is an option. Jesus will rescue you and eventually calm the storm. And you'll be strengthened. The brave life is strengthened by the storms of life. If I use the term stress wood, stress wood, any of you know what I'm talking about, stress wood? I'll tell you. Stress wood is what develops in a tree as it's battered by the storms of life. A tree that's not down in the valley while, where it's protected, surrounded by other trees, but man, the ones that are up on the hill that year in, year out, decade in, decade out, they are battered by the storms. Other trees falling around them, they continue to grow, they develop this stress wood, and they are the strongest trees. Go back to colony times before we were a nation. You could own land, you could own the forest, but you did not own those trees that were stress wood. The kingdom over in England owned those trees. If you tried to harvest that tree that was on your land, that was on your property, you could be arrested, jailed, fined. So why were these trees that battled storms decade in, decade out, that developed the stress, why were they so valued that the kingdom demanded them to remain royal property? Because those trees were what made the best-selling mass on the British selling ships. And they were harvested and they were made into ships, masts, and they could handle the wind and the waves in the midst of all the sails because of all the storms that they had been through. Because with every storm, they got a little stronger. If you're going through the storms of life, you're feeling beaten up by the winds and the waves, and you're even wondering if like, is there any purpose in this? Can possibly any good come from this? Jesus is growing you stronger and stronger and stronger. 
He's developing you into someone brave, someone that you would never become without battling the storms of life and finding Jesus in the midst of the storms. Question is, what do you deal with? What do you do with the storms of life? Do you make the big ask? Do you avoid them at all costs? What do you do? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are with us in the storms of life. And, and at times, Jesus, we don't see you. We are, our eyes are so fixed on the wind and the waves, all this going around us, that we forget that you are there with us in the midst of the storm. So I'm praying when those winds and waves of life come and they're hitting us, may we have that audacity of Peter to make the big ask. May we be people who are brave, who are willing to trust you, Jesus, and take those steps in trembling confidence. May we know and live with that certainty that there is more that you want to do in us and through us and around us. That you are growing us, you are maturing us, that you are making us strong. May we meet you in the storm. May we be able to say with all authenticity that it is well with my soul. In the midst of the storm, it is well with my soul because Jesus is with me. He is guiding me, and he will rescue me. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org. Thank you.